Grab your favorite brew, settle into that comfy spot, and join us as we dissect the highs, lows, and jaw-dropping moments from match day four in the Champions League, from last-minute winners wow. to unexpected upsets. How will the drama unfold? That's not all, though. Today, we are spicing things up and delving into the archives, ranking the top 10 goal scorers of all time in the Champions League. Who will make the cut, and who's etching their names into the annals of football history? Stick around, because it's about to get legendary. We are Redbeard and Targo. Join us as we kick off match day excitement and delve into the illustrious history of the Champions League. Welcome, football aficionados. To another episode of Brews and Banter FC, where we blend the love of the beautiful game with the art of brewing perfect conversation. Let the games begin! What is up, my man? How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Looks like uh, we yet again decided to wear the same jerseys. Yep. <laughs> Had to cheer on Dortmund. Footballing you know karma how we at its finest. feeling about Newcastle here, so yeah. Yeah. And Newcastle fans have let us know about that game. For sure. They have been, for sure, on our Holy Instagram, crap. man. Instagram. Yeah. Facebook. <laughs> YouTube, too. Can't get away from All those stories. So, my friend, what are you drinking today? I am drinking Drew Brew. Cool. Nice. German style golden ale. It's an award winning German style golden ale. German grown pilsner and wheat malts give it a nice, bready aroma, subtle honey flavor, and provide for a delicate but complex finish. It's crisp and refreshing, not hoppy. As you saw, I little, had a little sip there during the intro, but I'll take another yep. one. This one is all right. Has a, kind of a funky aftertaste. Yeah? Like what? I don't know. It might be the honey. Okay. That honey flavor. Okay. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of honey. Well shucks i would give this a i would drink it again so i'll give it a six okay yeah Passing what is it grade like anything yeah anything over a six drink again it's okay <clears throat> yeah well today i'm drinking breckenridge brewery vanilla porter roasted malts with notes of vanilla and i too had a sip because i've had this one before it is, is very it? vanilla up front a little bit of chocolate right after that, and coffee. So my kind of beer. Solid so I know, 8 or 9 out of 10. Oh, I like how it has vanilla flavor up front. That does sound good. We also got to let you know the listeners, viewers know about the beer you had last time. That maple. The one that I said was a 8.5 that I'd probably drink again. The 15%. Well, um, I didn't finish it. Because it was like syrup. And it was $14 beer. <laughs> yeah. By the time you got to the end of it, it was just no. 
I wasn't having it. It's like drinking a pint of maple syrup. It was gross. So today, to make sure I enjoy everything <laughs> provided by lovely Targo, I have Aha Toro tequila. One of our and favorites. Yes. And also because this is a itty bitty beer and I'm going to finish it real quick. <laughs> there you go. So we had match day four in the Champions League. Yes, What a round did. it was. Let's start with the group of death, man. Everyone wants to get to it. We had Dortmund taking on Newcastle. And this one ended 2-0 to Dortmund. Hence why we're wearing our Dortmund jerseys. <laughs> man, what like a complete... 360 turnaround from both of these teams because Newcastle beat Arsenal on the weekend, beat, and Dortmund got absolutely destroyed by Bayern Munich. This looked like Dortmund was the team that beat Arsenal and Newcastle was the team that got destroyed by Bayern Munich. Yeah, some interesting changes, I will say, by Eddie Howe in this one. Because you, you know that that Dortmund back line is lacking in pace. Matt Hummels, Sula back there. And he sits probably his one of his quickest players in Miguel Amiron on the I, bench. I would say two of his and three. Anthony Gordon, Anthony Gordon yeah. was also on the bench. <laughs> so it was a little bit interesting to see those two guys sitting on the bench. Maybe the games are catching up to him because it seems like, you know, after these Champions League games, they struggle. They did mm-hmm. at least last time out against Wolves. Yeah, and they, they started Livermento out on the right side. So it was almost like they were playing with two wingbacks on that side with him and Trippier? Yes, he wasn't even playing as a defender. He looks like a winger. Yeah. Which I, I mean, I know half. he's fast and he's good on the ball, but like he brings more defensively than offensively. So, interesting choices by Eddie Howe. Yeah, and Dortmund, they got out to a flying start in this one, man. They were peppering Newcastle. They finally broke the broke the drought. They got a goal in the 25th minute. Sabitzer would kind of flick across into the middle, and Full Craig would get on the end of it, putting Dortmund up 1 0. That's why they paid the big bucks for him. First Champions League goal of the season. <laughs> there you go. Newcastle would have a few chances. Their biggest chance probably coming in the 56th minute. Julianton completely <laughs> fluffing his header. I don't understand how he missed that. That was almost like Mo Salah missing. And trying to head it back it's across Luton. to Darwin Nunez. Like, that was terrible. I don't know how we missed that. And Dortmund, man, they made it 2 0. Was it just toward the end of the game? Yeah. Yeah. Quick counter off of a Karen Trippier free kick. Sabitzer would feed it behind the defense to Julian Brandt, who pretty much. In on goal to finish it real easy as you like. 79th minute, yep. So, Dortmund, big win for them. Yeah, I found it funny. After the second goal, the Dortmund fans had fake golden bars or bricks and were throwing them. <laughs> yeah, and, and like kind of fake money to... Yeah. So, did you, did you hear what that was for? I thought it was because of their owners. So, yeah, it does have to do with that, but it's also Saudi Arabia getting the 2034 World Cup bid. Mm, okay. And because Newcastle have Saudi owners, it was it was because that of that. 
as a kind of protest for Saudi Arabia getting the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, Newcastle, they did not look good in this game, man. They looked kind of underwhelming. They looked tired, just not really up for it. Versus Dortmund were. Which is weird, because, I mean, I understand, big game on the weekend, had to travel to Dortmund. But Newcastle usually is a very high-energy team. They usually don't show fatigue like that. I'm going to put it down to, like, I think Eddie Howe got his tactics wrong on this one. I really do. They were sitting back trying to absorb pressure instead of being what Newcastle is famous for right now, which is high-pressing, being on the front foot the whole game, trying to dominate. They just didn't do it. And, you know, footballing karma at its finest. The football (laughs) gods know, man. The injuries probably aren't helping them at all. Either, Not at all. But... Not at all. So the other game in this group saw Milan hosting PSG, the San Siro. We both picked PSG to win this game, and we were wrong, man. <laughs> Milan ran out 2-1 winners yeah, over the not Parisians. Only, not only did they win this game, but this is their first two goals in the Champions League this season. It is. And they, honestly, <laughs> Milan have looked terrible. They lost, I believe, on the weekend in uh, Serie A. They played terribly against PSG in Paris. Last time out. And against Juventus the week before, so. So this was an interesting one. PSG, they they scored first, though. In the ninth minute, it was kind of a a cross came in. Milan Skriniar would get on the end of it, head it in. I will say, I think it was off a corner, if I'm not mistaken, but it was just four. Poor marking by Ruben Loftus cheek on that one, man. Yeah, pretty much looking around. I'm gonna like, criticize what? him what? for this, but I will say for the rest of the game, he had a fantastic, fantastic. He definitely game. made up for it. That is for sure. Kind of also in that first half, Kylian Mbappe, man. So he got put through on goal, and I've never seen a worse touch from Kylian Mbappe. If I'm being honest, like it's <laughs> the one out of a hundred. <laughs> He tries to kind of get it around the goalie as he's put through and just completely mistouches it. I thought it was funny, but it was also a huge chance missed for PSG. 100%. Yeah, normally you'd expect him to finish that, but this occasion kind of sums up his form right now. And then Mr. Usman Dembele, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit, had a, a good strike. But wasn't lucky enough for it to go in. It hit the crossbar in the first half. I gotta say, man, Tim Bailey, he's looking more shit than good right now, if I'm gonna be honest with you. I know, and he's such a frustrating player, because he's got so much talent and so much speed, but, like, half the time the end product is not there. He's still yet to score for PSG this season. So, yeah. More times shit than good. Yeah. Milan would get the equalizer on the counter, as we mentioned. Ruben Loftus-Cheek would feed Giroud on his left foot. He had his shot parried. And this was interesting. It went straight up in the air, and Rafael Leao was there. I don't want to call it a bicycle kick, even though it kind of is. Just because he kind of falls back. He doesn't, like, you know, The lazy up. man's bicycle kick, it's probably, a, it, would be a good That's how I would score a bicycle it. kick, is I just kind of fall back. <laughs> <laughs> I call it an but overhead yeah, I mean, kick. All the defenders ran past the ball. He was standing there. It fell right to him. A little behind him. Improvised. I think Donnarumma probably should have done a little bit better. A little bit, but it's, it's kind of hard because how close he was. It's, it's, it he was had two defenders in front of him. 
But also interesting, did you see all the fake money? Yeah. So Milan fans, you know, return of Donnarumma to the San Siro for the first time since leaving for a big paycheck at PSG. They had Dollaruma and uh, Mercenaruma, so mercenary mixed with Donnarumma with his face on the dollar bills and just threw them all over the pitch at him. They were all over, too. <laughs> like, you couldn't even clean it up. There's so many. No, so and you many. see when he goes to pick it up, he's just laughing the whole time. So, oh, yeah. at, least he, at least he was a good sport about it. Milan, they got their second goal in the second half from your boy, King Oli, man. Doing what he does best, getting his head to the end of a cross, putting it in the net, 2-1. I'm just saying, at 37, Ronaldo's playing in Saudi Arabia. Olivier Giroud is still playing in the Serie A in the Champions League, scoring goals. Just saying. So's Neymar. And then he gets hurt <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> but I, again, I had to shout out Ruben Loftus-Cheek, man. He made some amazing runs through the oh, middle yeah. Oh, yeah. of that field. Just Driving the ball forward. The guy is so athletic and strong. It's a shame he couldn't stay healthy at Chelsea. And that Chelsea were playing him like as a right back. I don't know why they did that, but shout out to him, man. He had a fantastic game. But this group, man, how is this group going to fucking finish? <laughs> I don't it's know, man. We still so got much two after every game. We got two match days left. Those two match days could go any direction because we got Milan and Dortmund and PSG and Newcastle. Like it could go any way. It could go so any yeah, way. If you, if you look at the group, and first is Dortmund on seven points, second is PSG on six points, third is Milan on five points, and fourth is Newcastle on four points. And of course, if they're tied on points, it goes to head-to-head, not goal differential. Mm-hmm. I think originally I picked PSG and Milan. Do you remember who so. you picked? I might have picked the same. I think you did. I think I picked g- New- Newcastle to finish third, though, and go into the Europa League. I think I did, too. I, I think I want to stick with it, my my hunch, but, man, Dortmund's sitting pretty on top of that group. Yeah, and the way Dortmund are playing in the Champions League right now versus the way Milan is playing right now, I mean, they're lucky to be in third place right now. Their opening three matches were awful. So, I I don't know, man. I think it might come down to the last game. The PSG oh, sure and will. Dortmund it and Milan sure and will. Newcastle. But, I mean, if Dortmund can beat Milan, it's one leg into the, qual- the next round. I got a prediction. Yeah. I'm going to say... Dortmund beats Milan and PSG beats Newcastle. That would knock Newcastle out. It would knock Newcastle out. And then Dortmund PSG play in the last game and watch them just play to a draw. Get a point (laughs) and make it out of that group. (laughs) Right. Predicting it now. Especially if one of these teams draws in the next round, that Newcastle-Milan game is going to be just all out warfare because one of those teams is going to have to win to even have a hope of qualifying so and should be interesting be at side yeah yeah 
All right, let's move on to Group H, man. We had one of the upsets of this match day four. It was Shakhtar beating Barcelona 1-0. Shakhtar shockingly took the lead in the 40th minute after, I gotta say, one of the best cross-field balls I've ever seen. Oh my god. This thing might have came... I don't know, 10 feet off the ground, if not lower, and just laser and the just, defenders. Oh, God. Just a laser to the yards. far side of the field. On a dime. And then just the grass. It just, like, had a backspin, so it just stopped on the grass. Yeah. Oh, it was such a beauty. Beautiful and crossfield not ball. not to mention the header as well. So then, yeah, that crossfield ball leads to a cross into the box, which Danny Lo Seekin... Gets mm-hmm. his head two, puts it past Ter Stegen, one nil. Yeah, I mean, maybe some of this is down to poor marking. I mean, it was what three on one in the box. Andreas Christensen, who are you marking, yeah. bro? Yeah, but I I'm gonna put it down to great movement to drag the defenders towards the near post and then back off. Give yourself some space to hit that looping header and great improvisation because that is not an easy thing to do to loop that header into the top corner. No, and then when he gets his head on the ball, there's not even a Barcelona player touching him. There's someone within two, three yards of him. No. Ter Sagan was pissed after that goal. <laughs> Barcelona, man. They look bad. They, like, really didn't create anything. Um, you know, they had fantastic players starting. Lewandowski, Gavi, Gundogan. They brought on João Felix. They brought on Pedri. Rafinha. Lewandowski. Looks like right a now. shadow of his old self, yeah. And I mean, you famously said it in our uh, previous episode during our power rankings. Barcelona don't look very good right now. I told you, man. That Since was that well Real Madrid before this lost. game. Well before this game. Luckily, they, they looked just... decent in October. Otherwise, I'd be looking like a crazy person right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Shakhtar, honestly, they had the better chances. They had a Colasso called back due to offsides. No, and it Beautiful was so curler close, inside too. netting, yeah. Very marginally off, and yeah, what a curler it was. But, I mean, this is Xavi's fifth loss in the Champions League group stages. It's tied for the most all-time by any Barcelona manager, ever. <laughs> in That's two seasons. In two seasons. That's not good That's at not all. That's not good. No. I will say this is Barca's first loss this season. But let's look at the other game in that group, and then we'll talk about it. We had Porto <laughs> hosting Antwerp. Porto would win 2-0. Porto, they went up 1-0 after they won a pen in the 32nd minute. Very weak pen. There's no way. Like, okay, so I've harped on Champions League VAR. All the way up until this point. But there's no way in hell that this should be a penalty kick. The guy's got his arms out like this, trying to stop. The attacker in front of him stops in front of him, and he runs into him. There is no way that should be a penalty kick. <laughs> no way in hell. That was awful. Either way, man, Evangelsen would step up, score his fourth Champions League goal in two games. And then it gets from bad to worse as Antwerp will go down to 10 men in the 52nd. It was a yellow upgraded to a red after the ref went to the monitor to have a look. Dude, it was nasty. It was nasty. It was a definite red. Studs, yeah. 
just about at the knee. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, was gross. Bad. Yeah. It was a nasty one. Ugh. And Antwerp had one golden opportunity to make it 1 1 in the 89th, but could not take advantage. And rolling back the years, man, he now becomes the oldest goal scorer in Champions League history. Pepe. Yeah. You know, who he, man. you know who he passed for the oldest player to score in a Champions League game? Francesco Totti. Famously of AS Roma. Yes. God, I miss watching him play. I just wanted to yeah. say that. Anyways. Pepe, man. Header. There at the end. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure the next round doesn't Barcelona play Porto in Lisbon. Give me two seconds and I will look. They they play in Barcelona. Okay. Well, um, I I, I think it's pr- pretty much whoever's going to top the group is going to come down to that match. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's pretty no pretty clear one of those teams is going to top the group right now. Barcelona's in first, sitting on nine points. Porto's in second, also sitting on nine points. You got Shakhtar on six points and Antwerp with a big fat goose egg. Yeah, so, so all three teams already qualified for the Europa League, which is good for them. There you go, yeah. Yeah. Um, Antwerp have been poor. Luckily for Shakhtar, they play them, and the other two play each other, so they have a chance to sneak up into that second spot, depending on how results go. And Porto lost last time out against Barca. Can they change their fortunes? I don't know. We will see. The way they're playing, they could. But Barca fans, don't worry quite yet. You're still top of the group. And you'll at least get Europa League as of now. (laughs) Let's move on to Group E, man. We had Lazio taking on Feyenoord. You and I have been flying high on Feyenoord in the Champions League. They're scoring goals for fun. They're exciting to watch. But they couldn't get nothing going in this game, man. They lost 1-0 to Lazio. This game was scrappy, man. It was scrappy. Very, The whole game pretty much was in the midfield. Very few chances created. Scrappy is an understatement as the yellow card got shown 50 seconds in to a Feyenoord player. <laughs> seconds into this game, seconds. there's a yellow card. Yeah. yeah. Crazy well, stuff. The one goal came from uh, Ciro Immobile. He'd get the only goal in first half stoppage time after a ball over the top beats the offside trap. Immobile just goes around the goalkeeper to put the ball in the back of the net. And it, it was a fantastic finish for the angle he was shooting at. It was. Almost on the end line. And I'll be honest with you, when I saw this initially, I thought he was offside. Initially. Nope. Replay said he wasn't. But. Fantastic skill the way he went around the goalkeeper, too. He made it look super easy. Silky smooth. Yeah, very and what would be, I believe, his 200th goal for Lazio. So, congrats for him. And that was also Lazio's only shot on target. (laughs) (laughs) Bayonard's their best chance came from Santi Jimenez. He had a shot in the first half and a header right at the end, saved by Providel. Both great saves, yeah. Um, I think he could have done better with both chances, but it wasn't Bayonard's day. There, you know, they drop down into third in this group. Well, let's look at the other game in this group as we saw Atletico Madrid hosting Celtic. 
and Atletico. I just want to point Celtic out. Celtic over and just have their way with them. As this I just want to. I want to point out. That you originally picked a draw for this game. I and did, and so. I was like, I better change that. <laughs> Atletico's been playing pretty good. I had them in my top 10 power rankings. I was like, oh, I'm going to change that. And good thing you did, because this was an ass whooping. It was. I actually changed this um, while the first round of games were going on. I was looking at it, and I was like, ooh, I better change that. <laughs> yeah, man. Atleti, they would go up after just nine minutes. Griezmann, click the ball at the top of the box, slot it into the bottom corner, beating Joe Hart. Celtic would be on the unfortunate end of a VAR review as Dazen Maeda would be sent off in the 23rd minute for dangerous play. I will revert back to it again. I was high on VAR in the Champions League. I do not think this is a red card either. Very harsh. He puts his studs up and then pulls back and then the guy kicks his foot. So yeah, how I would describe it is like you're going to block a, a clearance you go to block yeah. it you put your foot out and the player kicks the ball and then his follow-through brings them to the bottom of his foot yeah that's not a red card for me no it never is and i mean at most it's a yellow like yellow no one's complaining what you do but i can't but i mean he didn't he didn't go at the player he was trying to block the ball and the player's follow-through brought him to the bottom of his foot I, yeah that i thought that one was definitely a, a wrong call and it would change the outcome of the match because at that point it was pretty close. It was going back and forth. And then after that, it was all Atleti. Oh, all Atleti, man. They'd go 2-0 up just before the half. Alvaro Morata would get his first of the match. And then the second half was one side of the <laughs> <All> field. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. They'd make it 3-0 in the 60th minute. Griezmann got his brace with a lovely kind of improvised finish. Yeah, man, screw Mbappe, screw Holland, Griezmann for the Ballon d'Or, man. He's playing better than I've ever seen him play in his entire life, and this is past thirty. That's not a real shout for him to win the Ballon d'Or, but I just want to give him credit for how good he's playing. He played fantastic at the end of last season as well. Yeah, the guy who I actually think is going to win the Ballon d'Or, the next one, we'll get to him later. But oh, okay, yeah. Well, Samuel Lino would add his name to the score sheet in the 66 to make it 4-0 with a high-quality finish. Absolutely brilliant, I must say. It was. And I, I, you remember a couple weeks ago, I was telling you, watch out for the Samuel Lino. Brazilian. He is lightning He in looks a good, man, yeah. yeah. Lightning in a bottle. We heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Morata would get his uh, second, making it 5-0 in the 76 with, I gotta say, a sensational finish. The guy yeah, is also I mean, in his form of his life. He is. And it it's taken him years and just as many teams, let's be honest, to find this form. But, I mean, we've seen the quality in flashes throughout his career. We've also seen the time, terrible touch. About time he gets it all together and is a finished product. I feel fantastic for him. We make fun of you when you're shit, but damn, if you're playing good, we will also give you the praise. Yep. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Saul would cap off the blowout, 84th minute. 6-0, Making man. it 6-0. <laughs> that's that's got to be hard to take for Celtic fans. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, so after this round, Atletico sits off the group on eight points, Lazio in second on seven, Feyenoord in third on six points, Celtic sitting bottom on one. Yeah, and Celtic have to win their next two games. Feyenoord and Lazio really, realistically, just have to pick up a point to knock out Celtic. So, and they both have to play Celtic, so... Yep, the next round sees Celtic facing Lazio and Feyenoord hosting Atletico. Should be interesting. All right, let's move on to Group G, which is pretty easy. Man City <laughs> taking on Young Boys. We both picked City to win this game. Guess what? Really? They did. 3-0. Yeah, 3-0. They just dominated Probably this game from the start, one of, man. One of the easiest 3-0 victories you'll ever see. Yep, starts off with a PK. Holland converts it. Definite foul for me. Yeah, same here. Phil Foden makes it two in first half stoppage time, getting around his defender and just slotting the ball far post, going around the goalkeeper. Dude, his first touch touch was, like, absolutely perfect. This ball comes in from, like, 40 yards out, and he cushions it dead on the ground. One touch past the defender, runs around him, so that way if the defender touches him, it's a penalty. One more touch, and then slots it in the far corner. It's absolutely brilliant from Phil Foden. It was a beautiful goal, yeah. Erling Holland, man, got his brace, blasting a shot from eight, from outside the 18-yard box into the side netting in the 51st minute. It's almost like they were trying, <laughs> to, goal, recreate, they were trying to recreate that EAFC commercial where he just puts a <laughs> hole in the net. It looked exactly the same. Just in the side netting instead of the back. <laughs> it was a rocket, that's for sure. Young boys, they'd go down to 10 men in the 53rd for a second yellow card. Honestly, the player knew he was getting hit when he made the tackle. Yep, stood up, started walking off. Yep. Honestly, City dominated. They could have had more. I think Holland should have had another one or two. But City had 27 shots, 10 of them on target. Young boys? Goose egg. Goose egg. Nothing. No shots. Nothing on target. Nothing. Completely dominated. I would have been surprised like to see how many times they actually made it out of their own half. It was, yeah, it not wasn't much. Many. Maybe a handful. Like It was completely dominated by Man City. This is like a training match. It was. Kind of like it Newcastle was. against Manchester United in the Carabao Cup. There you go. The other game was uh, Red Star Belgrade versus RB Leipzig. Or if you'd like us to pronounce Red Star Belgrade's real name, Kravena Zvezda. How do you pronounce it? dude. Well, Leipzig, they won 2-1. Yeah. And guess what? Yet another wonder goal by their wonder kid, Javi Simons. Beautiful goal, man. Beautiful curler. Eight minutes in. What a player he is, man. Probably, for if you count the money versus the skill and how well they're performing, has to be the signing of the season for PSG. Five mil? Come on. It's an absolute bargain <laughs> for that player. Holy shit. Oh, that's amazing, yeah. Luis Openeda, Open, Openda would get Openda. Leipzig second in the 77th, catching the goalkeeper at his near post off a quick counterattack. Red Star, they got one back through an OG from... Benjamin Henricks in the 81st. And honestly, I kind of wish I would have watched this game from the start. 
it was an entertaining game. Both teams had loads of chances, missing golden opportunities. Dude, there was no defense in this match. It was just end to end the whole time. It was. It, it was. Oh, I wish I would have watched it live. Yeah, and I'll be honest with that. Hendrick's own goal. I I thought the guy kicked it straight in from the free kick. I didn't even know he touched it. It looked like it just curled right in, and no one touched it. Bounced right into the near post or far post. I had no idea he touched it until I saw it was an own goal. Saw the replay. Yeah, you see. Oh yeah, it does take a little little touch. Yeah. I still think it would have ended up in the same spot. But so this group, Group G, has Man City sitting on top. Surprise, surprise. Twelve points. RB Leipzig in second on nine points. Cravena, Zvezda, and Young Boys both sitting on one point. Yep. Both qualified for the knockout rounds. The other two pretty much come down to their game against each other to see who goes to the Europa League. Yes, it will. And they play each other in match day five. So we'll move on to the Wednesday games. Started out with a banger, I might add. Real Sociedad hosting Benfica, man. Sociedad, I told you, I'm high on Sociedad. Oh, holy now crap, man. This, holy crap, this was a ridiculous opening 30 minutes for them. Remember when I told I you Sociedad Benfica, was going to get out of this group? And yeah. And you laughed at me? <laughs> yeah, I do remember. And they're officially out of this group. So, congrats. I also Woo-hoo! didn't think... I didn't think Benfica was going to be this bad this season. Let's just say that. Because I didn't think they would be this bad either. You, you got me that there. played them off the park and quite honestly should have been 4-0 inside of 30 minutes, but it was only 3. Yeah. Mika Moreno would open the scoring in the 6th minute. Wonderful short corner routine. Munoz, Munoz wayward shot, smartly headed in by Moreno. Dude, you should have seen the stadium after Dude, this it was goal. It rocking. was rocking. It was rocking. I think there was one replay Everyone where they, their switched, they uh. switched to a camera that was like in the middle of the stands, and it was shaking, like straight up shaking. <laughs> they had to switch away from it because you couldn't see nothing. Fantastic support in Sociedad. Mikel Oyarzabal would make it two just after five minutes later after a bad pass from Florentino was intercepted by the Spaniard, who would take it to the house, man, finish it off. Made Otamendi look slow. I thought, yeah, like, watching it, I thought Otamendi was going to get there. I was like, oh, this Otamendi should get there. Yeah. Nope. Nope. And to be honest with you, this whole match, he looked slow. Because a couple minutes later, when they got the penalty kick, and we'll get to that, he was also slow in that one. So, same guy made him look slow. Yep, Real Sociedad thought they had three, but Moreno was judged to have handled the ball, which it does look like it hits his hand, and then he's the one to score it. I can see why they chalked it off. But they would get their third in the 21st, as Ender Baranextia, hopefully I said that somewhat right, Baranextia would smash it home after a superb, superb cutback. Dude, he cuts the ball no back, chance, and dude. the whole defense goes. This is a beautiful, wide, beautiful. Finish. And then he, yeah, knuckling top corner, blasts it past the keeper, no chance. Lovely skill, cuts it back past the defender, and then yeah, just top bends it, man. 
Raiz Mendez would have a golden opportunity to make it 4-0 after Benfica gave away a PK in the 28th minute. What a turn, though, oh, to draw the foul from Otamendi. What yeah. a turn. Who was already sliding before he even starts the turn and then just breezes past him. Otamendi catches his trailing leg. Easy pen. Yeah, I think Sociedad were feeling a little sorry for Benfica. Because awesome. <laughs> had the fantastic uh, turn. Rios yeah. Mendez hits Reyes the post. Mendez like, hits the up. post. The ball comes back to him, but he knows he can't touch it. So he just sits there and goes, bah. lets the ball go past him. <laughs> <laughs> Second half was a little different. As Benfica would get their goal in the 49th minute through a Rafa Silva after a great bit of bit of interplay. And yeah. Anthony Taylor was the referee for this match after he had just been demoted from the Premier League to the Championship. Looks like he's back, man, because guess what? He's also a refereeing, refereeing Chelsea and the Man City game. <laughs> Can't make this up, man. And uh, I, let's let's be honest, I'm going to be 100% watching this Chelsea and Man City game. Because I want to see if what I think is true about Man City getting all the favorable calls in the Premier League. So, Anthony Taylor. There's definitely been this uh, conspiracy theory going around with that. Yeah, well, I mean, 115 charges to your bank accounts that uh, are fraudulent. I'm just saying, referees could be a part of that. I also saw another interesting kind of conspiracy theory. Um how a lot of the pundits aren't agreeing with Mikel Arteta. You know, your Gary Neville's, Jamie, Jamie Carragher's, Michael Owens. Well, Gary Neville is a twat, so. <laughs> they've all also had Howard Webb, head of PGMOL, onto their little podcasts or shows or whatever. And so there's a rumor going around that the PGMOL is texting all these guys saying, hey, don't crucify us. <laughs> Yeah, I've also heard another one where it's because it creates this like reality TV show type of drama in the Premier League that they do it that way and say, ah, fuck it. Just because then the media has all of this stuff to talk about. So lots of conspiracy theories out there. Let us know what ones you think might be right, which ones might be wrong. Some might be shit. Some might be good. Let us know down in Let the comments. Let us know in our, yeah. Comments, Instagram, Facebook, join our Facebook group. Help support the channel, get the merch, bruise and banter swag. We want to hear from you guys. Definitely. But let's get to the other game in this uh, group D. We had RB Salzburg hosting Inter Milan. Inter Milan won 1-0. Yeah, I mean, this game was back and forth the whole match. Wasn't a ton of real good chances. And I'll then call it a snooze fest. Yeah. It might have been. some of these other games. Yeah. I mean, Inter would find themselves with a late penalty kick after Nico Barella's shot hit the hand of the defender. Clear penalty kick. Might have been even a goal. But Martinez steps up, buries it. 1-0. That was it. So Group D, man, look who's sitting at top of it. Real Sociedad on 10 points. In second, you got Inter Milan on 10 points. 
third, RB Salzburg with three points, and Benfica with nothing, man. Four losses out of four games. Man, this might be the most disappointing four games I've ever seen out of a Benfica side. Ever. Semi-finalists last, last year. Last season, yeah. They lost About what? to go out in the group stage. They lost one player in Goncalo Ramos? Mm-hmm. I'd have to look to see who they lost. And I, I would have got. to as well, but it wasn't many. You're telling me that he was that big of a difference in this team? He shouldn't be, no. No. But my picks are looking good of Real Sociedad and Inter Milan getting out of that group. Yeah, mine are looking terrible. Inter Milan, I had first, Benfica in second. So, Benfica's out. Surprise, surprise. They're officially knocked out. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's go to Group C. We had Napoli hosting Union Berlin. This one would end in a draw, 1-1. I did not see this coming. I didn't, especially watching the first half. Napoli dominated this match. Yeah, yeah, they did. They hit the post in the 24th minute. Thought they scored in the 30th, but it was called back by VAR for a foul. Ref went to the monitor to have a look, called it a foul. I Maybe also they want should start to, doing uh, in the Premier League. I want to uh, have a <laughs> shout out for this one because it looked eerily similar to the foul on Gabrielle or not foul over the weekend. And guess who called it a foul? Weird. Yeah, they look exactly the same. Wasn't quite the same, but yes, they were they were similar. I will give you that. Napoli would take the lead in 39th. A little fortunate as Ruiz Cross would hit a defender and then bounce right <laughs> off of Politano's face. Like literally right knew nothing goal, about man. it. He was jumping he was ahead just the initial cross. Into the box. <laughs> Bam. And it, Straight off the face into the net. Yeah, what a lucky goal, man. Yeah. Union Berlin would get their equalizer against the run of play in the 52nd as Chelsea Loney, David Fofana, would find his name on the score sheet. After a clearance found him on the break, squared it to Becker, whose shot was parried right into his path. Man, what a counterattack. It was beautiful. Dude, lightning fast, too. I mean, between the two of them, it might have been three passes and then the parry by the keeper. Lightning yeah, Becker quick. looked real quick. Got the, I, For his first Becker shot, I feel like he took it way too early. I think so, too. Yeah. He, he, he could have got closer to the goal, but then the goalie parried it right to Fofana, who... Put it in the net. The other game in this group saw Real Madrid hosting Braga. Real Madrid, comfortable winners, 3-0. We picked them. Mm -hmm. I will say, Braga would get a PK in the third minute of this game to kind of shake things up a bit. But Lunin stepping up big, saving it. Yeah, man. Kepa getting hurt in the warm-ups. Andre Lunin having to come in and immediately has to stop a penalty kick. What a way to put your name in Real Madrid headlines. <laughs> right? Again, I don't know why they went and bought Kepa when they have this guy. Is He's Kepa on loan? that much of an upgrade? He's on loan, provides depth. I, I don't think he is, but, I mean, Lunin's real young, so I, I don't yeah. know. Maybe they just didn't have faith in him. Real Madrid... Would eventually get on the score sheet in the 27th minute through Brahim Diaz after a wonderful run and cutback by Rodrigo. Oh, and man. Brahim Diaz smashed it into the top of the net. Yeah, 
I mean, great run from him too. Sprints into the box and stops so that Rodrigo can play the ball back to him just to smash it. Fantastic movement all around. Rodrigo would also be involved in the second and third goal. He started the wonderful interplay to Vinny Jr., who played it out to Lucas Vasquez. Played a wonderful ball back into Vinny Jr. Slots at home, 2-0. That was in the 58th. And then Vinny Jr. would play in a, a ball for Rodrigo. Beautiful pass, and Rodrigo with a deaf chip right over the goalie, man. Beautiful finish. Beautiful. And, man, is Rodrigo rapid or what? Holy crap, is he fast. Oh, yeah. he's Holy been, crap. I will say, Rodrigo needed this game, man. He's kind of been struggling. Hasn't been creating much. I mean, you saw him in El Clasico. He didn't do anything, if I'm being honest. <laughs> and he hasn't been playing very well, so he needed this. Another player I'm going to criticize a little bit is Federico Valverde, man. I feel like every time I watch him play, he gets at least one or two opportunities in the game to get a goal and fluffs his lines. Yeah, and I mean, I understand he has been playing consistently, but at the same time, man, you got to do better. You're playing for like arguably the biggest team in the world. And a player of his quality, he should be doing better. 100%. 100%. So Group C, that leaves Real Madrid. Top of the group, 12 points. They're on their way through. You have Napoli in second on seven points. Braga in third with three points. Union Berlin with one. And Union Berlin didn't lose a game. They didn't lose. They didn't lose. (laughs) Little wins, man. Let's see if they can get a win next time out, huh? (laughs) I hope so. All right, moving on to Group B. We had Arsenal hosting Sevilla at the Emirates. We both picked our Gooners to win. They did 2-0. Honestly, Sevilla did not show up to this game at all. No. No, and this was a very changed Arsenal squad from the weekend. Well, not really very. I think it was like three or four changes. But You saw Trossard come in for Enketia. Yeah, who is out injured. You saw um, Tommy Austin uh, started. So, no, th- that was it. Havertz started. Yeah, Havertz started. Jorginho and Rice. Tommy Asu started on the left. I guess he did start against Newcastle instead of Zinchenko. He came so. off at halftime for Zinchenko. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Sevilla, I mean, they might as well have never got off the bus. No. The wingers, Martinelli and Saka, man, they were just terrorizing those fullbacks, especially Martinelli in that first half, man. That fullback <laughs> is going to have a nightmares tonight. Yeah, and the worst part is, is Jesus Navas was the original starting right back for them in this game in Seville. Martinelli terrorized him in that match, so both of their right backs just having nightmares over <laughs> Gabriel Martinelli. Arsenal will find the breakthrough after a wonderful through ball by Jorginho to Saka. On the wing, he crossed it in for Trossard, who finished it in typical Leandro Trossard style, man. Yeah. Guys, pretty clinical in front of goal. I agree. They would get their second in the 64th on a break. Saka getting behind, cuts it back onto his left foot, finishes it. Beautiful finish. Star boy, star again. Yes, he. Can, I feel like it's, he's been a while since he's been involved with a goal, so it was good to see him involved in both of these with an assist and a goal. I agree. 
The other game in this group saw PSV hosting Lons. This one ended 1-0 to PSV. And they struck pretty early, man. A cross into the box and Luke de Jong with a fantastic header in the 12th minute. Yeah, man. It was quite the header, too. Ball coming in from 30 yards out. Essentially dinks it over the keeper. Just flicks it on. Over his outstretched hand. Yeah. PSV, they had a great chance to go 2-0 up in the 85th. Chucky Lozano would find himself 2-on-1 behind the defense. Decides to take the shot himself, man. You could an open see, player just to his right. You could see Johan Bakioko right, like, wide open. And afterwards, he was so mad. He's just standing there staring at him. Like, how could you not pass me the ball? He literally within... 30 yards of him was nobody. I feel like this happened a couple times in this game. PSV had that opportunity and they got greedy, man. Chucky, especially this one. Just like the movies, man. Chucky getting greedy. He was. Longs, man, they pushed for an equalizer, but they couldn't find it. They hit the post in the 80th, 88th minute. And Gulavogi would find himself getting sent off in extra time for a second (laughs) yellow card offense. Yeah, pushing for an equalizer. Instead, they found a red card. Yep. So Group B has Arsenal sitting top with nine points. PSV in second with five points. Lons in third with five points. And Sevilla in fourth. Out of the Europa League spots, man. They're going to have to show up these last couple games. I know. In their home place. (laughs) They have to get a minimum of four points to be able to stay in Europe. A win and a draw. That's what they'll get. All they need. (laughs) All right, man. Well, let's move on to group A. This is a very interesting group. Well, at least the the three teams are. (laughs) (laughs) Bayern Munich hosting Galatasaray. Bayern Munich win this one 2-1. We both picked Munich to win. And honestly, this was a very entertaining game. When uh, the live games were coming on, I was debating which one to watch. It was between uh, this game, Bayern Munich and Galatasaray, or, of course, Arsenal and Sevilla. I ended up picking Arsenal and Sevilla because, well... Same. Duh. Duh. This was a... This was a battle in the first it half. Was. It was. Pretty evenly matched. Both teams got some looks at goal. Galatasaray thought they had a goal in the 62nd through Lucas Torreira, but Maro Icardi was judged to be offside in the build-up. Bayern Munich would also think they had a goal, but also offsides. And then they eventually got it. Free kick from Joshua Kimmich to Harry Kane. Literally Man, spent identical. all this money on. Literally identical, except this time Harry Kane was onsides. It's like, same spot, same header, same goal. That was in the 80th minute, so all the goals came yeah. pretty late in this game. Harry Kane would get his second after a quick break by Bayern. Matthias Tell would play a beautiful through ball across right between the defender's legs. Harry Kane just alone at the back post, man. Yeah, wonderful play from Thomas Muller before that to find Matthias Tell. But I'm going to say it right now, Targo. I know I alluded to it earlier. The guy who I think is going to win the Ballon d'Or, as long as Harry Kane wins a trophy this season, Harry Kane for Ballon d'Or, man. He is going to break all sorts of goal-scoring records. 
He's on fire. The man has, like, I think has 20 goals. He's 15 in the Bundesliga, I'm pretty sure. And three Let's or see, four, he's got four, four or five four Champions League. Okay, so 19 goals in 14 games. Yep, and throw and in seven assists like, in there. <laughs> yeah, doesn't look like stopping anytime soon. Like, this guy is, like, I understand he doesn't has never played for a top, top club. But damn. Deuce. Tottenham. Damn. He's killing it, yeah. Galatasaray would get one back, though, in the 92nd minute after a wonderful ball over the top would find Bakambu with a lovely finish, man. Yeah, first time, I did not too. expect him to score that. Yeah. No. Slotting it right past Manuel Neuer. Beautiful finish. But let's get to the, the big game. The big of this wow. week that had lots of talking points. The talking big points game, in this game are the one with the most drama. Yes. This was Copenhagen hosting Manchester United. I picked Copenhagen to win this I game, know. by the way. I almost did too. I almost changed it like you did to Atleti, but I couldn't. I didn't think United were gonna be that bad. And they really weren't. But they were. I I would say they got Hard done, but Copenhagen would end up winning this one 4-3. I guess let's get going, man. This one, it started out hot after Harry Maguire handled the ball after just 30 seconds in the box. PK was not wasn't, given. Wasn't given, yeah. And not a dull moment, because just a couple minutes later, Rasmus Hoyland would finish a wonderfully crafted move by Scott McTominay. Scott McTominay kind of flashes it across the box for him. Holland or Hoy, Hoyland there to Hoyland. tap it in. Yeah, so I will say third minute. Aaron Juan Basaka was back for this match, and the run he made to be able to feed McTominay was what Manchester United have been missing this entire season. Ever since he He's got been hurt. looking for Rashford to do that, and he has not been. Yeah, yeah. So Rashford fed in Juan Basaka, who fed it into McTominay in two fantastic runs, and McTominay fed it into Hoyland, tap in goal. And United would double their lead in the 28th minute after a quick counterattack. Saw Garnacho's shot saved right into the path of Hoyland. Another tap in. Two goals against his old club. United, they're flying high. 28th minute. And then Marcus Rashford gets a red card in the 42nd minute. He's shielding the ball as he goes to plant his foot. He steps on the copenhagen player can't remember who it was uh, steps on him kind of on his ankle julert Eulert, whatever whoever the left was. back was yeah yeah should have been a yellow man there's no way in hell this should be a red it's accidental he's literally going to put his foot down and accidentally gets the defender i don't understand how this is a red card again with the theme of this week of var Dropping the ball, they feel like because the on-field decision was a yellow. Goes to the VAR has them go to the monitor. They decide it's a red. I I just I, I don't will, understand it. And now it's going to have detrimental effects well, for I'll, Manchester I'll tell you why. too. I'll tell you why. I understand why they gave it a red do i agree with it no but i understand it because man you look at that still image and it, it does look bad 
It looks terrible. But again, if you're mm-hmm. playing the game and you know what's happening, you see he's just trying to shield the ball from the opposing player and he ends up stepping on him. It's painful for that Copenhagen player, but it, it's not a red. But again, you look at that still yeah. image. It's nasty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm guessing that's why they gave it. Yeah. Well, either way, it's detrimental to Manchester United because a straight red puts him out for two games, which is for the trip to Istanbul and their game against Bayern Munich. So he's out for the rest of the group stage. I've, and one would argue it's their best player. So Again, Rough. argue. <laughs> but man, Copenhagen would make him pay in this first half for that red card. <laughs> Three minutes after it, Yunus Elnusi would find the back of the net after a wonderful back pass from Goncalves to find him and just pass it home, man. Yeah, Onana stood no chance against that one. And then Copenhagen would get a PK. This was a... Uh, it was weird. It was like a cross shot. I'm not sure what it was, but it hits Rafael Varane on the arm, bounces mm-hmm. to a Copenhagen player, and it kind of gets trapped between the Copenhagen player and Maguire, and it touches Maguire's arm. Handball given. Harsh. Never said which one, but... They never did, yeah. yeah. It's harsh. I think the Varane handball is probably the one that they called because the Maguire one. See, I, I would think it would be for the Maguire it. one. Just because yeah, Maguire's see, arms that... are up where okay. Varane's was at least down by his side. That, that's the only Again, thing I would say. Inside of the first, did you say 30 seconds? Yeah. Same thing happened. No penalty. Contradictory. I don't understand A little it. bit. A little bit, and especially because we'll have another handball incident in this game. But Concalves would score the PK, and then United would get a penalty of their own in the 66th minute after Maguire headed a ball that would come off the hand of the defender. Again, they they said his arm was out, but when you're jumping, I mean, try jumping with your arm straight down. You have to put your arms up. Not only that, but I'm pretty sure Harry Maguire fouled the other defender on the way to jump for it. And then as he's jumping, both of them are battling for the ball. So his arms are out battling with Harry Maguire. I disagree with that. It was a foul. I would say Maguire is a big, strong man where the guy marking him was not. (laughs) (laughs) Was a regular regular guy. Yeah. It definitely just looked like a stronger man going up for a header next to a regular guy. But his arms are up trying to, you know, shield Maguire from getting the ball. And then they both jump. Well, that means his arms are in a natural position. There's no way for him to react to it. But they called it very harsh. They called it unnatural, which, again, I disagree with. And I do not think this should have been given. No. But Bruno would step up, take it. And obviously this was against the run of play. Copenhagen were looking for that third goal at this point. As they had a man advantage, they would get their third goal. In the 88th minute, man, Rooney. 83rd minute. 83rd minute, sorry. Gets the winner. Yeah. So Rooney gets the winner. So 83rd, after some wonderful interplay outside the box, Cross would find an open Larager. He put it past Onana. Yeah. And then Rooney, 88th. Yeah. 78th minute, or sorry, 17 year old in the 88th minute. Yeah. Just kind of. Cross goes in the box, bounces out to him. 
hammers it into the ground. Hammers it into Giannis, the ground. There you no go. Chance. I just find it hilarious that Man United get beat by a kid named Rooney <laughs> in Copenhagen. And not to mention, he's their leading goal scorer this season. That was his 10th goal of the season for Copenhagen. 17 years 17. old. This was a wild game, though, man. It, yeah. it was wild. Lots of VAR controversy, handballs, red cards. It had it all, man. Yeah. And looking at that group, Bayern, they've already qualified. They have 12 points. And then in second, you have Copenhagen now with four points. Galatasaray in third with four points. And Manchester United last with three points. Yeah. And if you had told me at this stage that United with three points would have a chance to still qualify for the knockout rounds, I would have been in disbelief. It's insane. But they have a chance. They might. They got- they Watch have Bayern to, Munich play like a B squad. I still think they'll beat Manchester United, but why? I mean, Galatasaray still can bottle this, man. All it's going to take is I mean, for so Manchester Copen- United. I mean, don't forget to- about Copenhagen, man. They're the ones in second. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if United and Galatasaray play to a draw in Istanbul, and Copenhagen can somehow get a point, and then when Copenhagen plays Galatasaray, watch Galatasaray bottle it and lose to Galatasaray to Copenhagen. What a finish that would be. Holy crap. I don't know who's going to finish second, man. I'm going to pick Galatasaray because I think I United you doesn't are. travel well. I think the three points will get that, and Byron, there's no way they're going to lose to Copenhagen. So. so Man United, they have to go to Galatasaray. And they and host play Bayern Munich they at host home Bayern Munich. final. Yeah. Again, if they can get a result against Galatasaray, and I bet you, again, Bayern Munich plays a B squad, maybe Man United can get something. It'll be interesting. We'll see, though, man. We'll see. What do you guys think? Let us know. So that's the end of the Champions League. Match day four results. Man, it was nuts. So we want to take a little trip down memory lane, because Champions League is where the greats become greats, and the unknowns become a household name so we want to take the top 10 players of all time as in top 10 goal scorers of all time for the champions league and rank them what we think as far as contributions and play in the champions league where they deserve to actually be ranked so for the top 10 we had number one cristiano ronaldo arguably the greatest player in champions league history number two messi right behind him you got Lewandowski, number three, Kareem Benzema, number four, Raul, number five, Ruud van Nistelrooy, number six, number seven, Thomas Mueller, 34 that years old. That was surprising to me, yeah. Yeah. Thierry Henry, number eight, Alfredo Di Stefano, number nine, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Andrei Shevchenko at number 10. They're tied, yes. Mm-hmm. So give me... Just go ahead and give me your top 10, man. Who? How would you right. rank those players? 1 through 10. All right. 1 through 10. Well, I'm going to tell you the one player I left out first. And we're going to start with a bit of controversy, but you already knew this about me. I didn't put <laughs> Rude Van Nistelrooy in my list because he's a tap-in oh. merchant. Tap-in merchant. Never rated him as a all-around striker. Great positioning. 
not a great final ball. And I think it was like 85 to 90% of his goals were scored in and around, like closer to the goal than the penalty spot. Six yard bucks, 18 yard bucks. Yeah. Yeah. But he is the fifth highest goal scorer and you don't have him on the list at all, huh? So he's the one you left out. And, you know, he's up towards the top of Premier League goal scorers of all time as well. I just, I don't, he was a great finisher, but his all around game was shit. Played on great teams. Well, I'll tell you why you're wrong when I get to him, because he is in my top 10. I know. That's why I said I'll start with a bit of drama. Number 10, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. 124 appearances, 48 goals, 29 assists, no Champions Leagues. Which is why he's number 10. Great player. Fantastic attitude and ego. Probably one of my favorite players to ever watch in a press conference. Doesn't (laughs) translate to winning trophies, unfortunately. Or an interview, yeah. Yeah. Number nine, Andrei Shevchenko. I loved him as a player, not for Chelsea, but for AC Milan. 100 appearances in the Champions League, 48 goals, 16 assists, one Champions League title. And I couldn't find how many title, like how many finals he had played in. I think it's two or three. I know he played in two for AC Milan, and I'm not I know sure at least if he played two. in yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. Great player. Probably, well, the greatest Ukrainian player of all time. That we can agree on. Yeah. Because no one's really even close at this point. (laughs) Number eight, and I really wanted to put him higher just to spite you. Thomas Muller. The man is one of the best playmakers on this list. I didn't say he's the best. He's one of. The 151 appearances... 53 goals and 34 assists, as well as two Champions Leagues. And I believe three finals appearances, because I believe he lost one to Real Madrid. But The man, he knows how to play a ball, and I feel like out of this entire list is easily the most underrated player on this entire list. The guy's still doing it at 34. He's Are you talking about Thomas Mueller still? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I read that garbage. Move on to your next player. <laughs> Number seven, Raul. Next most underrated player on this list, which is why That's he's ahead of That's what I thought you were talking about. Yes. Yeah. 142 appearances, 71 goals, 32 assists, won three Champions Leagues. Yeah. Over 100 goal contributions in 150, 142 games. Pretty damn good. Number six, I really struggled with these next three. I'm not going to lie. I really did. Number six is Thierry Henry. And I want to show my bias and put him much higher because as a player, he is one of the greatest of all time. But in the Champions League, his stats don't quite agree with me. Went to two finals, should arguably have two Champions League titles. But he's only got one. 112 games, 50 goals, 22 assists. The king himself. I had a really hard time putting him there, but the stats and the trophies say otherwise for everybody above him. 
So I had to think with my brain and not my heart. Number five, and this is where I'm going to get a lot of stick from you, Robert Lewandowski. Hmm. Got two, played in two Champions League finals, only won one of them, as he famously lost with Borussia Dortmund against Thomas Müller's Bayern Munich. 114 appearances, 92 goals, 26 assists. It's amazing. I love him as a player. He's getting up there in age and kind of showing it now. But in his prime, unstoppable as a striker. One so I guess of the best have, all time. Why do you have him down there then? Is it because of the amount of times he's won the Champions League? Yeah. So then shouldn't Raul be higher? Probably. But again, my heart has to speak at some point. Okay. Okay. I love watching Lewandowski and King Henri will never be below Raul in players. I think skill wise, greatest of all time. Number four, Kareem Benzema. Now I've never really been a huge fan of his, but he does have five champions leagues. And 120 goal contributions and 152 appearances. Not Pretty bad. darn good. It's more than Robert Lewandowski, and it might be in 40 more appearances, but still. He's got five Champions Leagues. I couldn't rate him any lower. Next, Alfredo Di Stefano, which his stats are unreal. So this- yeah, go ahead and go through your... Three, two, one here quick, because they're the same. Ours are the same. same. All right. Alfredo Di Stefano, number three, Lionel Messi, number two, and Cristiano Ronaldo, as much as it hurts my soul or lack thereof to say it, greatest Champions League player of all time because of trophies. So. Angles. You go, <laughs> you go through your we, top ten through four, and then we'll get into the. We'll get into the. Yeah. Okay. So my number 10 is Andrei Shevchenko. He's your number nine. He's my number 10. Like you mentioned, 48 goals, 100 appearances. He was the top scorer once in the competition. He won the competition once. My number nine, though, I couldn't put Zlatan below Andrei Shevchenko, man. Just the skill that Zlatan has, some of the goals he scored out of nothing, just fantastic, the spectacular. That's why I had to put him at number nine, Zlatan. Because they both have the same amount of goals. I will I will say Shevchenko did it in less appearances. So and I gotta has give him kudos Champions for that. League trophy. That is that is what it was for me. That was a tiebreaker. My number eight is Rude Van Dieseroy. I did put him on my list. The guy scored fifty six goals and th- seventy three appearances, man. He was a top scorer three times in the competition. Three times. Yeah, he scored. You look at the team. That's like saying, "Yeah, Erling Holland was top scorer with a bunch of tap ins and penalty kicks." He still puts it away, man. He knew where to be into that box, and he was a lethal finisher inside that box. You can't deny that. But I will say, here's a fun fact: (laughs) he has the highest. He's the highest scoring player to have never won the Champions League. He never won it. Yep, they won it before him and after him. Yep. My number seven <laughs> is Thierry Henry. He's your uh, number six, so I moved him down just one. 
He has 50 goals and 112 appearances. So he has a goal ratio of 0.45. Not bad. He's got the one trophy. He was the top scorer three times with 12 being the most. So fantastic for Henri. My number six. Again, I don't rate this player the highest either, man. Kareem Benzema. I don't know why either. I think it's just because his style of play annoys it me. It might be. It might be his style of play. But the guy's got 90 goals, 152 yeah. appearances. Top his score block- in the competition once where he scored 15 goals yeah. in the competition. And he's, and like, he's, he's, he's won five it five times. times. Yeah. I, I mean, the man, his track record and his stats say it for himself. Like, he doesn't – he's got a Ballon d'Or as well. Like, he doesn't have to actually, like, sit there and listen to us say – well, I don't like you as a player. He's like, shut up. I got a Ballon d'Or and five let Champions me, Let me Let me count my five Champions yeah. Leagues. And <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, so I had to put a different Real Madrid striker ahead of him, Raul. He had 71 goals and 142 appearances. The guy literally scored in every other Champions League game he was in. He had a .5 goal ratio, goal to game ratio. He was the top scorer in the competition two times. The most he scored was 10 goals. He's won it three times, so he's no slouch himself. But the reason I put him above Benzema is because his record stood for such a long time. I As understand most that, goals too. in the Champions League. But you got to also understand with Benzema, I mean, he was teammates with Cristiano Ronaldo. Of course, you're only going to get top scorer once. <laughs> and it was after <laughs> Ronaldo left. Yeah, I know. It's like, you're already, like, starting way behind everybody else. Like, I feel bad for the guy. My number four is Robert Lewandowski. What number was he on yours? He was your number five. So, I I mean, it's not too far off. 92 goals, 113 appearances. Out of our top ten, he does have the highest goal-to-game ratio at .81. So in over three quarters of the games he's played in, he scores a goal. Second. Second Second. best. Second best, sorry. And he's still one of the only two players on this, out of our two lists, that's still in it. Still playing. Could add to these goals. That is true. He's won it once, like you mentioned. The player I left off is the other player still currently playing, Thomas Muller. I don't rate him very highly. I I don't understand why you don't rate him, man. Thomas Mueller I've, has been doing it for years. He's got more I've trophies. I've seen him have some real shit seasons, man. And I that leaves just a, a shit taste in my mouth. And so I can't. He might have had some shit seasons, but his Champions League has never been shit. It's never and been shit, but he, he has less goals than Ruud van Dieseroy, who you left off your list. Yeah, but he at least creates goals and... Scores from outside the box, so. <laughs> okay, when? <laughs> <laughs> Not this season, obviously, because he barely plays, but still got it in it. So, yeah, I left him off my list. Our number three, like you said, is Alfredo De Stefano. 49 goals and 58 appearances. Dude, it's insane. <laughs> How does this guy win five Champions Leagues playing 58 games? And he scored in all the finals he won. Yeah. Like, he's got 51 goal contributions in 58 games. Most of those are goals. But still. 49 goals. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> Wild, dude. Five Champions Leagues. Are you serious? Holy crap. This was way back in the day, but probably yeah. before they were called Champions League, and the European Cups. I, I looked it up. It was when Real Madrid won five in a row. So, you know, that happens. There you go. Number twos are both of them for Lionel Messi. 129 yeah, goals, 163 appearances, 0. 0.79 30, goal ratio. 39 He's won assists. It four times. <laughs> Four times, but he also, these are the records he holds, and don't worry, I have all of Cristiano Ronaldo's records as well. But Lionel Messi holds the most Champions League group stage goals at 80, the most round of 16 goals at 29, most goals for one club at 120, and most successive season scoring in the Champions League at 18 years. Wow. 18 years. So pretty much his entire career at Barcelona and PSG. Yeah, pretty much. But he was also the top scorer in the competition four times. Yeah. I mean, let's just look at his year where he scored 91 goals. <laughs> there you go. For for everyone listening, you think Erling Holland's had a great calendar year? He still has to score 46 goals to even come close, like equal that. 46 goals. In less than two months. In two months. <laughs> That's insane. But our number one man, it's obviously Mr. Champions League himself, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. And arguably, he should have had more than five. I mean, let's be honest. Should have went with Manchester 140 United a couple goals, of times. Man. 140, 140 goals. 140 goals. 42 assists. 100... So let's not, let's not cut him short. He also holds the record for most assists in the competition. Most goals and assists. That's yes. impressive. And appearances. And goals in a single campaign. And goals in the knockout stages. And goals in, or, and final wins. And only player to score in three finals. Only player to score in 11 straight games. And he also holds the record for most best player awards in the competition. Mr. Champions so, yeah. League himself. He has a goal ratio of 0.77. Like you said, he's won it five times, top score in the competition seven times, holds the record, 17 goals in one season in the Champions League. Absolutely. Ronaldo is the best player to grace the Champions League. Yep. It's not even even a competition. No. I want to argue for Messi, but it's not. All his stats say otherwise, so... It's Ronaldo's. Ronaldo's is. It's Ronaldo's Champions League is Ronaldo's competition. Yep. Yep. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode reviewing the Champions League. Some big upsets. Barcelona last lost to Shakhtar. Copenhagen beat United. We went over our top ten goal scorers in the Champions League and ranked them how they should be ranked, according to us. One of us. <laughs> one of us (laughs) one of us (laughs) let us know what you guys think of our ratings give us your own let us know on our facebook group instagram don't forget to check out the youtube like subscribe of course help support the channel getting the merch at redbubble and on that note we love you guys thank you so much as always cheers cheers